welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And as far as we're concerned, Monday never happened. Uh, we did not make any picks. We did not go 0 for 4 or 5. Uh, it just didn't happen. So we're moving on to Tuesday. We are still above 500. We are still up a little bit now uh, as we've dwindled our, our uh, units that were up on the season a bit. But we'll turn it around here. We got a much better slate here on Tuesday for you guys. So follow along. Continue to do so by liking and subscribing. Uh, we're coming back to you each and every weekday this season. Also, want you to head to thelines.com. Check out the great content we have up there. And you Use that odds finder tool uh, that you can see all the odds available to you right there from all these bet books that are giving us bets this baseball season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into Tuesday, kicking it off. I think we're going to go nearly undefeated. What would you say? Yeah, no, I actually feel good about these picks today for sure. Um, and kind of going back to the two picks we threw out as side notes on yesterday's show, which I was like, I, I like the Rays at the Giants here. Um, so that's what I'm going with again. Josh, by the way, had Cardinals over when he heard about the wind and they, they had 10 runs as well. Um, so we're talking raise money line, which is pretty much even money anywhere you want to look at it here. I, I don't understand why people are back in the Giants. We've lost seven of their last nine here. Um, and I feel good enough to go one and a half units. Zach Littell trying to get a little bit of revenge here against the Giants. Um, two seasons with them, apparently. Heated exchange with Gabe Kapler before he was sent down in 2022. So, you know, not short on motivation to beat the former team yeah. here. Uh, he's been pretty good for sure lately. I mean, 2.4 ERA since the All-Star break. The Rays have him attacking the zone more so than any other team he's played with. Um, also utilizing that split finger a lot more, which has been, you know, six, six runs above average, uh, his last four starts or so the giants have struggled lately against all pitches. Uh, I mean, they're 25th against the splitter in the last two weeks. I mean, in, cause in the last two weeks, they have the worst Woba in the national league. Uh, they have the second worst offensive value in the entire majors behind only Colorado. Um, and Tampa Bay, as we mentioned, you know, is back up to to raking. They have a 335 Woba again in these last two weeks. I mean, really hitting well since August 1st. And as we saw last night, one through nine gets a hit. Uh, multiple hits, I think, from their top three guys in the lineup. Uh, you know, slashing now 287 or hitting 287. I won't go through the whole slash line uh, since since August 4th. So over the last 11 days here. Uh, I definitely would, would rather just back that offense against the Giants, who are now doing a back-to-back bullpen game. They they have Jacob Junis going. Uh, he seems to be maxing out at three innings these days, and so after going with with uh, you know just a starter that went two innings yesterday, they had four relievers go seven innings. So now the bullpen is stretched. In the last two weeks, this bullpen. Uh, you know, the fourth lowest K per nine ratio, along with a pretty bad ERA. Uh, so, I, I mean, Junis, he does have some career high numbers in terms of like what he's doing in these very small sample sizes, because he's sometimes pitching less than a full inning to open the game. Uh, that's great for you. Uh, his slider has been his best pitch in Tampa, has been crushing sliders really all season. Uh, so I'm not too worried about him finding much success. And even if he does, like we're still talking again about a bullpen that Tampa just pounded for 10 runs 
over seven innings. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I might be weird. I don't know if I'm old school in this thinking. I, I just don't love the let me get four, like plan for four relievers pitching today kind of platoon. And I mean, Gabe Kapler is is putting this thing together with with, you know, scotch tape uh, and like and, and it's whatever glue he can find to, to plug up the boat as they continue to not only have players, certain pitchers get injured this season, but like even the ones that are getting injured, like when Alex Cobb was missing time, it's like even when he's out there, you, that's another sort of four inning max five inning guy, like all their, their pitchers, starting pitchers that he's got to work with. Um, and I'm sure they'll address that another time, but this is, I, I love sort of targeting when they have to do that, when, when they have a disclafani start or, you know, he comes in in the second inning instead of the first inning because Kapler starts a reliever for some, sometimes, right? Like all that kind of stuff. I, I just don't love it. I mean, he's done a good enough job to keep this team playing above its pay grade, I would imagine. Uh, but Tampa Bay is, yeah, definitely got a, a bit of a, a match, a match of edge in this one with Littell, who's been a lot better, um, even recently and then yeah I think when you've got a specifically a pitcher going up in a revenge uh situation I like that more than even like a hitter going up in a revenge situation right like pitchers first of all they've got more control but second of all like they're just angrier people usually and they take it really personally uh and so I, I think yeah the the sort of head casedness that comes with that will help Zach Littell in this one uh I'm gonna move on to what's been my favorite guy to bet on Nate honestly in the last like six weeks, seven weeks, even more, um, definitely since the all-star break and, and a little before, but Zach Wheeler for the Phillies going up against the Blue Jays today. I'm taking a couple of different bets for my guy, my former Met that I still wish was on the team. I just, whatever, get rid of Zach Wheeler. That was ridiculous. Over 17 and a half outs. You can only get that at minus 165, just all the way down, but it's on bet MGM so that he, he only has to pitch the six innings there. I'm putting a full unit on it. Uh, and then I'm also going under one and a half walks for him, which I can get at minus 105 on DraftKings for a full unit as well. Um, I'm just starting with, with wheel dog here, one walk or less in seven straight games. Uh, he went six innings pitched or more in all seven of those last those last seven games. He has a 1.64 walk uh, per nine uh, ratio there in those last seven games. And he's been even better on the road this season. He has a 1.4 walk per nine uh, ratio on the road, which is really, really good. I, the the K per walk ratio is insane at 7.55. Uh, that That's that's wild, right? Like every basically seven and a half batters he stri- that he strikes out is he walks. Uh, and he's getting about that per game. Uh, about He's getting to the six strikeout mark uh pretty consistently here he's done that in nine of his last 10 uh and he, he's gotten seven in a bunch of those games as well I, i'm not going for the seven k's that you need for him here uh against this this toronto lineup like i said i'm targeting the the walks that i don't think he'll give um also just not giving up home runs by the way 0.64 home runs per nine i just want to get that out there that's insane as well uh, on the road this season and that's in 77 innings on the road so i mean a, a decent enough sample size for me to go that's very good uh toronto bats have been bad since both Bichette got hurt and they've been inconsistent all season let's be honest like Vlad obviously uh, we, we always want big 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 things from him and he's slightly underperforming this season um, but if you look at the the Toronto bats versus right-handed pitching in August now we're talking about the fifth worst uh, weighted runs created plus sixth worst Woba ninth worst batting average 17th in walk percentage like they, they're not walking much at all either uh, they're obviously in the bottom 50th percentile there in terms of walks so I think it's another good wheel uh, matchup for Wheeler here who the only guy who, who really crushes him in this lineup is Brandon Belt who faced him a bunch more when they were both in the NL uh, and, and Belt was on the Gigantes and then Wheeler was moving around the NL he's got six hits and 20 at bats and a couple home runs against him so pitch around Brandon Belt uh, and I still feel like we'll be pretty good here 
here. Uh, the walk numbers also for all these guys who are going to be actually playing against Wheeler in this one are uh, no one has more than one walk against him in their career in like seven, anywhere from seven to 12 at bats, let's say. So I think he's got a decent enough matchup, even though there's not huge sample size in, in him versus this lineup. I think he's going to be able to, uh, to get through it in six innings and he won't walk more than one guy. Yeah, he's a rock, rock solid props to take for sure. I was looking at the Phillies to win this game uh, because I did like the matchup at first glance here and uh, Kikuchi going for the Blue Jays and the Phillies have been crushing lefties, right? So I, I do think Wheeler will get some run support, will make him even more comfortable to continue attacking the zone and, and that they'll they'll probably be able to just ride him for six innings um, yeah. through this one. So another solid pick here as we look to bounce back and I'm going uh, with Jack Flaherty. And the Orioles here in San in San Diego, um, another struggling California team. San Diego lost seven of eight, and they uh, bring back Michael Waka here, uh, who's been out since July first. Uh, so I'm taking Orioles money line. I will split the unit here between them to win, and then also go with this with a player performance double for Flaherty to get six Ks in said win at plus two forty. So big hit if we get that. Uh, player performance double along with the win but of course we're talking about maybe the best team in terms of uh you know expected win margin or, or you know pulling out close games o's are 22 and 11 in one run games the padres are 6 and 19 and 0 and 10 in anything that goes to extra innings like you look at their numbers and they're not particularly bad like they're definitely above average in most categories or around average and obviously with that huge payroll and all those big bats, they should be doing well, but they they just lose games in the margins. And, they, and the O's are quite the opposite. Uh, in this particular matchup, look, Flaherty, I took him against the Astros because I liked how live his fastball, they, the, the curveball is looking very good. He's obviously revitalized on a contender now. He still had eight Ks, and despite getting hit pretty hard by those Astros who Josh mentioned, he was on the bats a little bit there. Uh, I, I think yeah. the Padres, it's a, maybe a similar situation where they have those high power bats, but I, I don't trust them, um, to, to, you know, avoid strikeouts despite again, what their numbers say. They, they do have the second lowest K rate, uh, since the all-star break. They also have the second highest called strike rate because, you know, not necessarily chase, uh, you know, what, whatever they're, it is they're doing. It's more about Flaherty who has eight Ks in both of his outings for the O's so far. At, with a 16% swinging strike rate, getting guys to chase, which the Padres have not been doing, 36% outside swing rate. And again, yeah, that nice fastball curve combination. You look at, at the batter pitcher data here, very good against these hitters when he was with the cards. Uh, you know, particularly Machado and Soto hitting are one for 18. A lot of walks, a lot of Ks. So Flaherty, you know, again, that kind of guy who might who might walk a few get into some trouble and then try to get out of it with just the gas that he can reach back for Waka. If you, you know, speaking of batter versus pitcher data, absolutely crushed by these Orioles. He's Mo often talked about how he could not figure out how Michael Walker continued to get by despite giving up, you know, so much hard contact and just not showing plus stuff. He did have a 96% zone contact rate in his last three before he hit the IL, you know, at this point in his career, how much does he have here? Mullins, Mountcastle, and Austin Hayes have just crushed this guy. Uh, the O's as a team, 340 with 10 homers and 112 at-bats. 
So, I mean, if they need to, I mean, Waka's going to be on a bit of a pitch count, you'd think, as he comes back here and the and the Padres' pen has not been great. So, But if they do need to produce against Waka to build that lead, I, I think they'll be able to do it. And, and, and you know, it's the O's here. They, they're, they're probably going to win. <laughs> and they're probably going to win. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how much you you followed San Diego uh, when you were when you were out for a bit, but like they're they're just the epitome of like boomer bust. To be honest, they 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 have so many bats that that you know that are underachieving, um, and they have a couple pitchers who, when they're on, man, they are killer, and when they're not, they get crushed for home runs. See you, Darvish. See Blake Snell walking everyone. Um, so yeah, that the the Padres are just sort of a, a walking conundrum. Nobody that I would ever want to back. The only thing that ever scares me about betting against the Padres is when they play teams that are good. They seem to play up to the competition. Um, they're they've got way too close to a 500 record against teams below 500 uh, versus like a decent record in in division. They're always playing teams that are above 500 since there's three three of them outside of the Padres. So like they, yeah, the close game stuff. The sort of like it's just not our year. It's like a, a an NFL team where the ball just seems to be bouncing the wrong way all the time for them. Um, and the fact that Flaherty's done what he's done now for Baltimore more than once um, makes me think maybe there was something in there. There is some some uh, change-up stuff or, for, for his picks, Mitch, that you were I think you covered a little bit there, um, where his, his curve has gotten better, his fastball has gotten better, uh, and he's throwing uh, a couple of different pitches. Like He's mixed it up a bit more than when he was on the Cardinals for the, the past couple seasons. Um, and, and I only know that because I was listening to a podcast talking about it, and at least help me understand why there's probably some some of that uh, positive regression for for Flaherty that's come this year since he came to Baltimore. So always love backing Baltimore. I think they're going to win the division. I think it's a good bet. So uh, I'm going to finish things off with the Guardians and the Reds. And we're in Cincinnati, obviously big old ballpark there. Uh, under nine and a half runs is is where I'm at in this one. Uh, both of these pitchers, Logan Allen and Graham Ashcraft, have been really good. Um, I mean, Logan Allen's been good for his last two starts, really. I mean, he's been the same pitcher all season, though, and that's that's why I like him uh, to to be able to handle this this Cincinnati team right now, who has not been hitting against right-handed pitching very well. I mean, not not compared to what they were, and what they were was one of the better offensive teams in baseball for like a month and a half until that sort of slowed down. Uh, and in August, they've got the second highest K percentage. You can get Logan Allen. I think you can still get five Ks for him. I, I wouldn't hate it. I think it's juiced down. You have to go five and a half to get any kind of uh, good juice on that. It, oh, no, you can still get five and a half with decent juice. I, I... I would take it. Yeah, I, I think I, I would definitely take the four and a half that you can still get for him because this team is striking out a lot, especially against righties. Like I said, I think there's something there, but I still like the the under. It only it only helps it when you talk about how he can get some K's against this team. They, they're 16th in WRC plus in August versus uh, right-handed pitching. They are striking out, like I said. One thing I really like about them is they are 6-15 and 15 to the over, meaning they go under all the time when they are a home favorite. Even when they're at home in general, uh, they only go over at like a 38-40% clip as well. So some pretty good under numbers for them when they're at home right now. Um, Allen, like I said, he's got a, a high, pretty high XERA, up above, almost a full run above the 3.55 ERA that he actually posts. But he's really been, like I said, the same pitcher all season. He has a 3.72 ERA since the All-Star break. That's in 29 innings. He had a 3.42 ERA before the all-star break so I still think he's the same guy he's he's getting weak contact is really what his his thing is he's had some decent strikeout games but he is definitely more of a a weak contact pitcher which is the same case for for Graham Ashcraft who 
kind of baffles some of these people like Mo, who definitely look deeply into the expected numbers and how things should be turning out versus how they do turn out often. Um, and his last eight starts have been pure fire, whether or not if, if you, if you want to go as deep as not only giving up two earned runs or, or less in seven of those eight. Um, he's gone six innings at least in seven of those eight. The one time he allowed more than two, he allowed three to Washington, and that was over eight innings. Uh, he should have come out, honestly. I was watching that game. He should have come out before he got to that point anyway and gave up the home run. But he's got a 58% ground ball percentage, which is what I really like. And like I said, that's what he needs to have happen, the big boy Graham Ashcraft. The thing that kind of scares me, he's got an above 85% left on base percentage in those last eight starts too. Like there's been two games where he had an 100% left on base percentage uh, because he's just managing to get out of trouble. And that scares you a bit, uh, but he doesn't have a, a very high fly ball ratio. So he's got a normal fly ball to home run ratio. It's not like he's getting lucky in that sense. He's doing his job, which is keep the ball on the ground. Uh, and he has incredible fielders all in, in, in that infield right now uh, all around him. So he's, he's definitely in a good position to continue to be successful. So I, I'm definitely going under nine and a half runs, but I think Cleveland's getting dogged a little bit here too much. It's not much of a dog, but the fact that they are an underdog is silly to me. I think they should actually be a little bit favored with the way that their bullpen has been incredible, and Cincinnati's has been below average for sure. So I think that once these guys come out of the game, and Graham Ashcraft is capable of eating up seven to eight, but if he can't go that long, like I think Cleveland's in a good place to win this one. Yeah, you open by talking about the the great American ballpark that they're playing in, and yeah. That's what's key if you have a good ground ball rate because there is such a high home run factor at Great American. It's not necessarily uh, like you're going to be able to spray the ball over the place, but if you can keep it down and keep it in the infield, uh, I do think Ashcroft can have a, a solid start. I mean, the Guardians wow. are a team you you consistently want to go under on, even though they have been kind of surprising lately. But, they're, I mean, yeah, their numbers are just so abysmal offensively, have been for years. And I was surprised to see that Cincy, when you do adjust for the ballpark, they're maybe the worst hitting team at home, uh, you know, with, with the with the adjusted uh, weighted runs created plus, basically. So, yeah, if you take away that those, those cheap long balls you can get at their park, then, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be putting up a ton of runs. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm looking at as well. So that's that was what helped me target. I go Cleveland, Cincy. Yeah, let's figure out how we can go under. If it's all the way up to nine and a half. I, I do like going under ten in this one. So that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. This is where we turn it around moving forward after a tough start to the week. Like we're 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 gonna come back in this one. I, I feel really good about Tuesday with this big old slate. So continue to follow along, like and subscribe. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop.